0: Welcome to the kayak fishing show live. Brought to you by Bubbly Water. <laughs> I'm not having a beer today. Wanted some water. But also, of course, because we're showing episodes, they're actually brought to you by our regular sponsors. You know, Seagar, such a great sponsor since the very, very beginning. Uh, Jackson Kayak. We're scrolling them all across the bottom here. Uh, Werner Paddles, Standard Horizon, Yak Attack, such a great one. And if you haven't seen what Yak Attack is doing for the community, you ought to check in with them and help them out. Sigla Reels, a band of anglers, Raymarine, and of course, especially on this episode, Kokatat, Because, um, yes, I wasn't wearing a PFD for 90% of this one. Um, oh, <coughs> tickle in my throat there. <clears> throat> Excuse me. Uh, Yeah. So uh, yeah, not wearing a PFD for most of this and straight up, we shipped our kayaks down there. We shipped everything down there and the box of PFDs didn't arrive. I think we had one PFD between us. So we would move it around and sometimes because none of us had one, we just figured, write that thing off. So um, yeah. So but I'm a strong believer in PFD, so please always wear your PFD. Um, so for this episode, uh, unfortunately, uh, I didn't get... We, we're still trying to get all of our old episodes downloaded. So, but because this is our throwback Thursday to show some of our older stuff, we're going to be showing again a segment of our Game On DVD. This is actually from Game On 2. It came from when we... Uh, We we basically, we shot game on one, released it. It did really good uh, and decided to shoot game on two. And right after we started shooting game on two, uh, WFN, the world fishing network asked us to turn it into a TV show. So what came from game on one and game on two ended up being season one of the kayak fishing show on WFN. So, what I've done here today is I just pulled the segment, one of the segments from Game On 2, to share with you today. And that segment is our very first trip to Panama. We went down there with Pesca Panama. Now I've been to Panama about five times, I think now. Uh, We've been with Pesca Panama, we've been with Paddle Panama, we've been with uh, Los Busos. Uh, All of them great setups and and a great time. But this was, you know, we were some of the first people ever to kayak fish down in Panama. Uh, definitely the first ones that ever put a kayak out on Hannibal bank. Um, and, uh, it was exciting we learned a lot. We've learned a lot since we started shooting the show. You know, it's, it's, this was, this was 12, 12 years ago, at least, uh, that we shot this one. It is in more of the style of the DVD. Again, it's not how we edit it for the TV show, which actually makes it a little more fun because it's not, doesn't have as much of a commercial element to it. Uh, let's check in with, we got some viewers. Egowitz, my friend Egowitz in Spain. I hope you're doing well over there. All, uh, hunkered down and not getting into any trouble. I don't know what, what the situation is in Spain. If you guys are able to fish, but, uh, uh, Lost Horizon Fishing. Um, I've been waiting all day. I'm assuming is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, watching on kayak fishing, t- Kayak Fishing Tales. So again, if you're not aware, this is on Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel, as well as Facebook. Eric, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Liam, also watching on Kayak Fishing Tales. And Sean Russell, thanks for joining us over from Texas. The Lost Horizon Fishing, is the La Jolla Shores kayak launch spot closed? Yes, it is. Uh, there's basically no fishing in San Diego. All the boat launches are closed. All the beaches are closed. You can't do anything. You're pretty much on lockdown. Actually, Paul knows a lot about this stuff because uh, he is the editor of Western Outdoor News and been involved in a lot of uh, conversations on that subject. So maybe we can ask him some more once we bring Paul up. Um, Richard Martin, shout out to Paul Lebowitz from Richard. Thanks for all the support you gave us on the MLPAs. Boy, that seems like a lifetime ago now. And Dwayne from Canada, how you doing, man? So, with no further ado, let's bring up uh, my guest on this shoot and a longtime friend. And as I said, the editor of Western Outdoor News. Before that, the editor of uh, Kayak Fish Magazine. Worked for Kayak Angler Magazine. Uh, been a driving force in the promotion of kayak fishing for a very long time now. And uh, we brought him on the shoot with us all those years ago. So, my good friend. Paul Leibowitz,
1: how are you, Pablo?
2: Doing good, doing good, considering. Yeah, yeah, I see you you are. You're working from home? I'm working from home. (laughs) We've been still putting a paper out. Uh, It's a little crazy with everybody scattered throughout Southern California, but it's a taste of normalcy. We get it out there and give the people something interesting to read, maybe a little bit of knowledge. they can at least bring the outdoors indoors.
0: Well, how are you doing that when we aren't allowed to go fishing? What are you reporting on? I mean, are there areas where people are still fishing?
2: There are some areas in Northern California. I'm not going to get into the specifics lest I've spoil it for the people who are (laughs) out there. Uh, Because you know what happens. You publicize someplace and then the crowds show up and then it closes.
0: Yeah, exactly. With with this, such a limited access. Um, what about hunting? I mean, you guys cover hunting in the magazine as well.
2: Yeah, the hunting seasons are fine. Oh, really? uh, deer season will be coming up. It's turkey season now. And there's no problem with social distancing when hunting. I mean, it's a pretty solitary deal.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. At least you got something going on and you know, hopefully we have stuff to look forward to and uh, can just keep charging along. But with no further ado, that's not what this show is about. This show is about our Throwback Thursday, back to old episodes. Uh, kind of what I was uh, calling the Ocean Kayak years. You know, back when uh, I was paddling for Ocean Kayak, and uh, this was this was the second season of shooting the DVD, and we invited you to come on down to Panama. Many, many years ago, what what is probably I mean I, and I know you haven't watched this in a really long time, uh, nor have I, but what 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 memory from back then about this episode uh kind of still stands out to you?
2: <laughs> a number of things. It was indelible, man. Uh, first off, was you pinned on a fish seemingly for four or five hours. As we watched you suffer,
0: I did suffer. It was three and a half hours, I believe, but it probably felt like five, <laughs> especially if you had to watch it
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah if it, and if anybody is uh you know saw the link for this thing it shows a picture of an explosion next to my kayak. Um, Paul took that photo and, and that'll be in this video of a, a big yellowfin tuna that I was uh doing battle with.
2: yeah, it was one of the largest uh fish ever dealt with on a kayak at the time
0: right right and you know of course like i said learned so much since then and i mean i i fight these same fish and uh, i was talking to jameson last week that you know that same fish you know we're landing fish that size now in 30 minutes because we've changed up our equipment and fight them a little bit differently so yeah i mean that but that fish that first time killed me (laughs) i remember getting out of that that kayak and getting up on the boat and i could barely stand up straight
2: yeah the other thing i remember jim is all those sneaker waves out on the reefs where you you really had to have eyes in the back of your head or one of these things might munch you
0: right and Fishing in those areas was so much fun, so much fun. You know, like I said, that wild water and all that is is where I really love to fish. So, with no further ado, Paul, let's uh, let's bring up the video. If people have questions, we'll we'll bring them up and pause and and answer any questions. Other than that, let's just sit back and enjoy this for a few minutes. And we'll we'll will like I said, we'll pause every so often to uh, answer any questions or or just a comment or if anything looks cool, maybe replay it. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. This is, uh, like I said, this was from season one of the kayak fishing show on World Fishing Network, and this is fishing in Panama with Pesca Panama. Adventure.
2: Although it was recently named a UNESCO World Heritage Site, until 2004, Panama's Coiba Island hosted a large penal colony that was completely off limits to any and all outsiders. Jim's mission is to join Pesca Panama to investigate the remote and secretive island and to explore what is considered by many to be some of the most fertile fishing grounds in the world. We are in
0: Panama uh, fishing with. Pesca, Panama, our good friends. They have a floating lodge that we've been staying at. And uh, basically what we do is they, they, they move the floating lodge from spot to spot, and then we run out here on these very, very nice boats and um, take the kayaks from spot to spot. There's a whole lot of really, really cool items. fishing around those islands was so cool
2: yeah it this trip was the highlight of my kayak fishing career to this day it's fun to see this again Yeah, and being on
0: Pescapana, not being locked into one position, fishing different areas every day. Fishing some pretty sketchy areas, uh, a lot of boiler rocks, a lot of moving water, and got some great rooster fishing in yesterday.
2: I've ever gone kayak fishing. I've gone kayak fishing a lot of places. This place is so fishy. The water's lively. Uh, you know, and we've been, we've been going into some danger close situations. It's about as adrenalized as you can get when you hook up on a jack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: fished hard all day. Um, fished again a lot of, around a lot of islands. And uh, very surge It's a little different from what I'm used to fishing rooster fish. in, in Baja, We fish along a lot of sandy beaches. Here yeah, we're fishing along these steeper islands.
1: Uh, again,
0: a lot of surge, a lot of water movement, but that seemed to be where the, the fish were biting for that. Uh, caught uh, quite a few really good quality rooster fish, uh, one Cubera snapper. So um, overall, for our first day here, and very just still wonderful. trying to figure the whole situation out, it yes, was baby.
2: A, a very very good day. Really, my goal was to get some more rooster fish. They're such a great fight. and uh, right off the bat, first day, got into actually got into about five rooster fish, and I landed successfully two of them, but uh, they were all just a great bite, and they all seemed to hang. Kind in of a cool weird spot editing, spot editing job was that, that from Will roll, just rolling. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, hanging well, he did in, slice and dice in, a bit, almost. You're, you're, you're half battling the waves and half battling the fish. It's funny, the world champion kayaker there mentioning that you had to battle the waves. So it wasn't just our imagination.
0: No, and for people who are wondering, that was, again, that was Ken Whiting, former world champion, whitewater kayaker. He is also the producer of my show, Uh, but they are in Ottawa, Canada. Um, Before this trip, you know, he did come down on a Baja trip with me, but definitely not experienced with big game fishing. Most of his experience would be catching uh, bass or pike up in Canada. So, um, and definitely not used to the heat. I remember he he was darn near heat stroking on the trip. He was so hot.
2: Yeah, he wasn't the only one. We, you know, I I think, I think Will had trouble capturing just how sketchy it was because he couldn't take the cameras into some of the areas where we were hooking these fish.
0: Yeah, I remember they uh, they had that one kayak. We called it the banana boat. Um, it was this big yellow, what would definitely be considered like a resort boat. Definitely not made for being in those areas and they did paddle in there on that one day and we have the kind of closer in areas as we're we're fishing but we'll we'll get up to that this is the snook hole that was kind of an interesting one they go okay we're going to take you to the snook hole we always catch snook there and whenever you hear that it's like yeah okay sure you know and it immediately paid off
2: so let's let's get that rolling the snook hole could have been called the variety hole too. yeah there was a bunch uh, of jacks we to there Cueba too the
0: island um, came over to a spot what uh, we were called was called the snook hole and uh, it held true to that name because uh, I think Paul was about three casts into it and got himself a nice
1: snook. You're tired Tired to the world With a skinny telephone wire And so close to the right beach too in, I won't call We'll hang by the time as a cause of it all The cause on the freeway Look like it's a roll. The hustle and the bustle And the go, go, go We're all just dogs Locked inside a cage Freedom only goes small. far a lake that you change.
2: Not a monster.
1: And uh, a little bit later, I got one, and then
0: uh, Paul got another one. Yeah, yeah
2: but look where is. I am. All the way inside there to get
0: this fish. I mean, so much, and it's pouring with rain. That's there, yes!
2: That's a better one. what I wanted to catch, too. And it's definitely on my list of fish I wanted to catch here. What a beautiful fish. Oh, third cast in that little sliver of beach. Right on the beach, and jumping, jumping, jumping tooth Snook and got into the Jacks. I mean, th- that's the interesting thing to me. The Snooks and the Jacks are intermingled right around those rocks where the bait was popping off. You just didn't know what you might catch. they
1: a Bible and a gold-plated piece on a bill the size of wallet
2: that's size hey you remember the monkeys oh yeah power monkeys screaming at us as we're catching fish
0: got a jack some snapper just very very cool very very fun fun fishery over in the in the snookhole um i I paddled out saw some breaking fish and got a, a really good jack on the on my bass gear which was just a good fight. I mean catching a uh, you know twelve pound jack revol and we call him Toro. We were both so tough and uh, on the on the bass was amazing. This is my spotted bay bass rod. I usually catch one or two pound fish on this thing. And Jack or we call him Toro down in Baja are notoriously tough and, and this guy just put up a heck of a fight. Man, what a good fight on that light gear we're hunting crocodiles
1: <laughs> i forgot Jay. about this part <laughs> <laughs> and uh give
0: that a try see if there was some fish in there and it... saw a few crocs earlier on and they were not big and they were just out in the, in the in the creek and um you know it, it's always in my mind it's like okay the crocs the crocs the crocs it's all everybody talked about But i don't know 15 20 feet in front of me croaking flying off the side right in front of me, splashes in the water, and in a flash, the thing is gone. It was amazing how fast that thing
1: moved.
2: <laughs> that thing was big, <laughs> and it disappeared into just inches of water.
0: Yeah, for, for uh, people who don't realize, I mean, there are some big, big saltwater crocs down there. And uh, as we said, this was kind of a tidal river and we paddle up it and it got to very, very narrow. And um, we'd seen some small ones up at the entrance, you know, and which are a little unnerving when you've never paddled around it before. But then that one it, in my head, it literally was like flying off the bank at me. It was actually, it came off going away from me, but that, that croc, I mean, it was a good sized animal just launched off the bank hit the water and disappeared is that, I mean the water was like this deep you know it's like that was the sketchiest thing about it. it was like I could be paddling along in this much water and have an animal that big underneath me so uh hence you saw our quick exit <laughs> <laughs> may have been playing it up a little bit for the camera but it sure was uh was funny is will missed the shot uh, he didn't but you heard it so, that was actually the the true sound of it coming off the bank in front of us and and like whoa <laughs> that was very cool. So uh, now we're moving on to like I said the, the cool thing about Pesca Panama um, this this lodge basically would move every day. So you know it's, it's set up you, you'd sleep on it in in a cove or something. And then you'd go out fishing, and while you were fishing, it moved to another island, another location, whatever, and then you would meet up with it later in the day. So you got to fish all these different areas, which you never got an an area super dialed in, but you got to explore
2: so many different places, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. It was fantastic. The scenery was ever-changing. The fisheries were just everything you could want. It was, Um, was, I mean, the the lodge didn't look like much, but the operation was fantastic.
0: Right. I mean, it it was comfortable as air conditioning. You had the cocktails on the back of the boat and dinner and meals at the back of the boat every day. Um, Their center consoles that moved us around every day were just awesome. Uh, Like you said, it it was a, a very well oiled machine. Um, uh, they've changed ownership since the last time we were there. So I'm not sure how they're running things nowadays, but like I said a very, very cool trip. Uh, Dave Masegal says Panama is a dream trip. Yeah. Like I said, whether you go with them or, or paddle Panama or Pesca Panama or, or Los Busos, uh, it, it's an awesome, awesome location. I love fishing in Panama. And, and like I said, people always ask me if I like Costa Rica or Panama better. I mean, I love the country of Costa Rica. It's so clean and they're they're very passionate about their ecotourism and everything. But straight up, I've had better fishing trips to Panama than I ever had in Costa Rica. And I've, I've had some great ones in Costa Rica, but I always give Panama a little bit of a nod. Uh, Barbara says, I've been getting a lot of emails saying that Panama is one of the best places in the world to retire to. Uh, so you're anxious to see what the fishing opportunities are. Well, as I just said, I mean, uh, there's, there's great fishing all over Panama and, um, whether it's inshore or offshore, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful place. And it, it is for an American, it's a very easy place to, to go to, um, Lost Horizon. How fun is that looking in, hooking into one of those rooster fish must be amazing, um, what braid floor co- combination did you use? Uh, you know, honestly, this was so many years ago. I don't know what I used on that trip, but now pretty much my go-to would be a uh, Seaguar, uh Threadlock Core Braid. And then anywhere for roosters, anywhere from 40 to 80 pound leader. Um, they, they don't tend to run into rocks on you, so you don't have to worry about too much of that. So, um, it's more a matter of just if, if they're bigger fish around, move it up just because th- their mouths are quite abrasive. Uh, Dave says beautiful scenery. Um, Dave also asks, is, does that outfit still exist? Pesca Panama, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they they still are in existence, although who knows with what's going on with everybody right now. So let's get this thing rolling. Watch the rest of the show. this is some of that crazy inside stuff we fished that was so exciting catching all those blue trevally in there
2: this was amazing uh, there's just no other way to describe it uh the water was so lively i see it here did those blue trevally have this spine under them you had to watch for? Uh, their tail. Their tail was quite sharp.
1: <laughs>
2: I think you kissed the rock at one point.
1: We came pretty close. I had a
2: wave almost... That's Almost out every
1: once in a while, really gets your I
0: mean, <laughs> look at that.
1: My name is How much get it with
2: a lot of those fish on the seville magic swimmer hard right
1: that was kind of my go-to there it is
0: There was a bit of that catch, hook a fish, and then paddle backwards
2: to drag it out.
1: Now, I took you right in, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here, it's like you're slow trolling a live bait along a sheer cliff
2: that's right and uh, when the fish runs in the shore there's no other land it's
0: more like crash
1: land.
2: yeah there's a
0: lot more of that uh hold onto the rod and hold on your paddle and direct yourself try to stay out of the yeah. the dicey areas and i think mean, that's one of the things that made this trip so amazing was the, uh, the extreme kayak fishing
1: i mean it wasn't necessarily <laughs> <laughs>
0: takes a tough fish to live in that neighborhood. You know, they're strong. To live in there, you got to be strong.
1: <laughs>
2: Since he was a child, Jim has dreamed of the famed Hannibal Banks. Of course, he's always been told that the fish here are just too big and the water's too exposed for kayak fishing. Jim's personal mission is to prove everyone wrong. We are
0: so yeah, Hannibal Bank. Um, you know, I, I don't. Like I said, as far as I know, we were the f- first people that ever to kayak fish out there. I mean, it is famed for big tuna, um, big marlin, black, big black marlin. Um, so, and we saw so many tuna, but they were moving so fast.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I remember. Ken and I looking at those backs of those fish, monstrous size fish, <laughs> and and looking at each other and shaking our heads, wondering how it was going to get done. But uh, we'd find out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, like I said it was. It was a special place. It was so cool to 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 be able to see that and and be a part of it. And uh, you know, like I said what people don't, maybe don't realize is so much of this stuff, like I said, this is, this is old, old footage. And a lot of the stuff was, again, was pe- people weren't doing this. You know, now you hear about guys catching Marlin f- sail fish on the East coast all the time, uh, tune and all that. But there wasn't a whole lot of that going on when we first started doing it. So it, um, there was definitely a little bit more of the fear factor, um, because it was untested. So let's see what we can pull off Hannibal Bank.
2: We're hanging out in pretty much one of the sickest spots that I've ever seen.
0: Paul, Ken and I are each trolling these very large Benita that the uh, the guys jigged up for us this morning. Very strong bait.
2: <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah that was hell, no. And on the, poppers,
0: on the yeah, popper. On the popper, yeah. yeah I've never, I've never caught a tuna on a popper. What an exciting way to get it to see a tuna come out of the water and crash on a, on a surface popper. That was probably on the old Sebele Splasher. On a gaff that's way too long.
2: (laughs) These are the tuna that were on those black porpoise. Aren't they, Jim?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we were just trying to stay with the porpoise the whole time. Panama rocks, dude. Panama
2: freaking rocks. And I thought that was a good one. The, those porpoises literally led Ken and I to where I hooked up. We, right. We were uh, going along in squadron formation, and they peeled off to the right. It's like, hey, the birds are going. Off. We could reach them this time.
1: When, when we were, came
0: up on you as you were landing the fish and you had all those porpoise still hanging with you while you yeah. were landing
2: your fish. And you they were checking it out. What an, what an incredible uh, I remember
0: fish. that fish being on the side yeah. of you. It yeah. was like a wow. motor and pushing you along. Like, <laughs> without yeah.
2: Popper or that live bait. <laughs> those were minnows compared <laughs> to what you ran into later the anticipation
0: said i saw these birds working outside of where we were earlier and i took a chase after them picked up my paddling speed and got hit and lost my bait so i'm like became intent on staying with these birds got a new bait stayed with them started paddling faster again right when i get out to the birds again i got hit <laughs> oh, and man this is a strong fish i don't know how big it is but it's strong <laughs>
1: I think I pissed him off. <laughs> this a strong, you freaking fish, know. my friend. Well, you know,
0: i got to give it a go. I mean, i got to try and land this fish on myself. So I got the gaff out, and I reached out, and I stuck him, and... I, I hit him kind of up near the top of the head, which is generally where I liked it the, the gap there. But I hit him It <laughs> like I stuck my gap in a piece of dynamite because it just blew up. I, I have mean, that still like photo over, over my desk head. right here. Hannibal Bank, Panama. Two and a half hours on a 500 pound
1: tuna. <laughs> <laughs> it sure felt that way. You, get kill, get kill
2: get it look at you going backwards there <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> see man that's the
0: thing is oh like you said at an hour and a half I stuck the gaff in it and I didn't but land it for another two hours <laughs> There, coming up on your nice. Really wanted to get that pitch. Really wanted to land it, and I, I just, at that point, I'm like, "Look,
1: we're
0: gonna have to land it on the boat. We're gonna have to have the guys on the on the boat gaff it." So, I just kept at it, kept at it, and, and finally on. got it circling. Around. Ah, got it doing a big circle, and it came right ah. on the, the boat. Basically, I mean, it started to get dark. And it again, it just blew up and to the point where they actually had to put two gaps in. So that's at over three hours. The guys on the boat had to put two gaps in it. So I I know for a fact I I could not have personally landed that fish for myself. So thank goodness they were there and we were able to get that fish up. It's still um, a great kayak fight, and great kayak catch. I did hook it from the kayak. I fought it from the kayak. I did my best to gaff it from the kayak, but uh, we had to land it from
2: the boat. I bet you could get it now.
0: The way they fight. So well, yeah. and we we have like, that 2-speed. That really helped me gain some line on it there at the end. But I'm worked over, man. I am worked over. I'm so excited, though. I mean, you know, my biggest tuna before this off the kayak, about 35 pounds. So I got oh, it beat by almost 100 pounds. No way I could have gaffed this. No working way. Yeah, not after three and a half hours. Not with my back. <laughs> 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 so there was, I couldn't even stand it. Tail's out. still on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The
1: ass for the energy. <laughs> right
2: now, I plan taking pictures. Okay. Later on It's Catch For my Arms are noodles That's quality Let's See that's a That's a right foot
0: oh, This okay. is actually This is actually The very end of the DVD Because this is all Stuff that This is from Montana <laughs>
1: Still so much to do Well I guess I'll keep chasing my tail If that's what I've got We'll be
0: in do. a goof Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: Those were good times.
0: Oh, it was such a fun trip. And, and like you are saying, you know, I could probably land it now. And I have. Like I said, we we're landing tuna that were not quite that big, but, you know, 100 plus pounds in Louisiana and whooping them in a half an hour. Um, the difference being using um, smaller gear, uh, more parabolic rods. So instead of that, I mean, that rod that I was fishing with was a freaking broomstick. I remember so the leverage point being so far away from my body and with my bad back, I mean, I was just, I was worked. And you know, I, like I said, we're landing hundred pound tuna on the, uh, my little Siegler on well, this one here, the little SGN, you know, we're at, on that one. I'm like, huh, thank God I had that two speed. But I think it was, thank God I had the two speed at the end of the fight because I was so worked over after three and a half hours, but now we just land them a lot faster and you don't take the butt kicking. Because with that broomstick of a rod, you just felt every beat of its tail, um, you know, very, very different. So definitely, you know, like I said, 13 years later, you'd you'd hope we learned a thing or two. Um, I certainly did. (laughs) But I mean, like you said, I mean, I don't know about you, Paul. I mean, for me, that was because that was the first time, the first trip to Panama. And such an amazing learning experience, at all the different places we got to fish. I mean, this that trip right there still is it holds a real special place in my heart. With all the places I've been, just because it was so amazing. Um, we've got some great video of you demonstrating how to uh, use your kayak uh, rod pod in a special way.
2: <laughs> I don't know why it didn't make the DVD. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> some things are better left imagined than actually seen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, such an amazing place. So anyway, did you did you enjoy reliving that, Paul? I did. I did. They forgot the Kubera. I mean, it's not in there. It didn't do the Kubera segment. Um, Is this the one where the Kubera bit me? No, that was a different time. I'd remember that. that. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember fishing in between two islands and the tidal currents were just ripping. And I would hook up every drop, but I couldn't get them. And you finally got one.
0: Yeah. um, I said, just so much different fishing. Uh, I, I remember just like you said, throwing those hard magic swimmers up into the rocks at all these different places and just getting into blue trevally after blue trevally. And I mean, they, they're not big, you know, like a, a lot of the other fish, but you were always catching them in those really dicey areas. So it just made it so, so much fun. Um, Dave asks, uh, so how would you catch that faster today? Again, um, what I was saying is you, you have a, a rod that's a little more parabolic uh because they they're just the equipment now you know these rods are lightweight and they're strong and like i said just a little bit more parabolic so you're getting that leverage point much closer to your body so you can short stroke it just you know just do these one inch strokes and you're always gaining line whereas when you have that long rod you have to pick it up quite a ways to try and get some line on it so it's a lot harder to short stroke with a long broomstick type of rod like that and again with the more a softer more parabolic rod you're not feeling every tailbeat in your arms you know like uh, 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 you know <laughs> so that is how we have learned to fight them faster and land them a lot faster um like i said a, the louisiana there's some highlight videos on kayak fishing tails from louisiana where like i said we, we were landing them in about 30 minutes and these were you know 100 pound fish so, you know, a little bit different equipment And I said, little tiny reels, as long as they're, like I said, these, these Sieglers, you know, good smooth drags, real powerful drags, uh, and just a no flex, you know, if you have a good powerful reel, you can do that, um, You don't need the the two speed. And if you, if you, if you want more power, you can get these things with a longer crank arm and you have just a ton of leverage on them. So that's in my opinion. Anyway, I, I see guys go out still going fishing for, for tuna and stuff like that in their kayaks with giant gear. And it's just so heavy. It's more fatiguing for you. And it's not really gaining you that much of an advantage because you just can't put that much pressure on the fish. You're in a kayak. The kayak just moves. I mean, you saw like I said that tuna you had next to your boat, Paul, its tails beating and it was just motoring you along. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a outboard. <laughs> uh Lost Horizon. Uh and I appreciate it. You know, all you guys who are asking these questions and sticking around. You know, how insane was that tuna? That tuna was insane. And like I said, you could see I could barely stand up after the fact. Uh Barbara, thanks. That was fun. Thanks for joining us, Barbara. It's so good to see you on here. Uh I'm not sure where you're at anymore, out in Arizona or Texas or something. Um, Dwayne, how does the Prowler compare to the Kraken? Well, the original Prowler of course was the first boat I worked on for ocean kayak. The boats we were in there were the Tridents or the Prowler Trident, as it became known. Um, of course our designs on the Kraken came from what we learned on the, uh, Trident. Um, Trident being a little bit narrower, a little bit faster, but again, not quite as much volume. The biggest difference being that insanely comfortable seat, um, in the Krakens and then the ability to, uh, do your bait tank with a bait tank scupper that we put into it. So, you know, with each boat, I think there's, there's a little bit of improvements, you know, moving over to Jackson kayak and having that high, low seating or not, that's not a high, low seat in that one, but the, uh, beach chair style seating, um, I don't know that I would ever want to go back to having sitting on the plastic on the bottom of a boat again. No.
2: No. Although it was nice to be more in touch with the boat with the seat on the deck for some of those places we went.
0: Oh, yeah, for for that yeah. really mixed up boiler rock type of area, yeah, the lower you are, the more contact you have with the kayak, the more control you have over the kayak and it certainly is a lot more comfortable. Um, stability-wise. Um, although the Kraken super stable just that feeling I I watched, God, I watched a video the other day of guys landing their kayaks in the surf and pretty much every one of them ate it. And every one of them was in a Hobie and
2: (laughs) they just don't have the experience. Yeah. They
0: they don't paddle. So they don't learn bracing techniques or anything like that. And it was just like one crash after another. Um, It was, it was pretty interesting. Um, Dave, I have my SGN on a seven foot Therese rod what do you like better and why? Um, well, again, I mean, that seven foot Therese is fine for a trolling type setup, uh, for tossing, um, for the medium sized fish. That's fine. It's when you get into these big, big fish like that, that, you know, get straight down on you and really hurt you is when you start going, Hey, you know what? A six foot rod would be a lot nicer. Uh, something a little more parabolic. The rods I use are from uh, century rods. Uh, nowadays, and and they're all acid-wrapped, so you don't tend to get as much twist on the rod um, and just super, super comfortable. I mean, the century rods are are a bit spendy, but uh, the amazing pulling power for such a stupid light rod is amazing. Uh, Barbara moved to Austin, Texas, to Idaho to be near... So you went from Austin and then you went to Idaho now. Okay. Cause that's how I thought you would move to, to Texas. So anyway, it's great to hear from you, Barbara. Um, and you miss fishing La Jolla and the bays. You know what? We all do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Paul, I really appreciate you. Uh, you joining me here today. That was a lot of fun reliving those memories and, uh, I wish you all the luck and I hope things get back to normal and you can, start having a little bit more to write about in uh Western outdoor news.
1: Heck,
2: I want to pull on a fish at this point. It's been, <laughs> yeah. it's been months.
0: Yeah. And you know, I've seen some reports that there are some fish offshore and, uh, but we can't even launch our boats and can't launch our kayaks. So uh, <laughs> hopefully soon enough. Anyway, Paul, I will let you go. And I knew, I know you need to get back to work. So uh, thanks again, brother. And hopefully we can have another adventure like this. Once everything clears up.
2: All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Well, thanks everybody
0: for joining us. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, if you have any more questions, you know, we are always happy to answer questions and, um, you know, this is all about having a good time. So if you, and when you, you can get back out on the water, please remember always wear your PFD. Not like, you know, like I said, I wasn't wearing mine in, uh, In this episode, but please remember to wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. You all take care. Remember, we'll be back next Tuesday with more of the Jackson Kayak episodes. Take care.
1: we